0: What's going on, everybody? This is Heath with Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. And I just want to thank everybody for taking time out of their day to listen. If you're listening this evening or later on in the week, we really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our page, uh, or you can email us with questions at Tillman's Corner Sports Talk at gmail.com. Or if you want to text me or Steven, or hit us up on Facebook or Instagram with any questions, comments you got, things you want to see us talk about in the future. But we got a lot to talk about, Steven, so.
1: Yeah, we got, a uh, you know, NFL free agency. Well, this, a lot is happening there. Trades, trade rumors, um, Alabama spring football. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to talk about Alabama basketball again. Um, and, you know, March, March Madness and all that kind of stuff. So, a lot to talk about. Uh, definitely the main – not the main topic, but I would say the hottest topic or I would say I think the hottest topic in the sports world right now is the fact that Tom Brady is coming back? The he wasn't even retired for two months. It was
0: like barely over a month, and he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's it's absolutely insane. I got a tweet right here pulled up. He sent out Sunday night, right when the NCAA March Madness brackets dropped. He sent out a tweet and said, "These past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come." But it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. He's got unfinished business and let's go. The guy wasn't even gone 40 days. What did he even retire for? I'm I'm I don't, just so
1: confused. I, per- personally, I don't think it. I think it was planned. I don't think he truly um, had his mind made up. I think he might have just said he's retired so people would quit asking him, maybe. And then he would. And then he really thought about it because he. I mean, he retired pretty fast. Honestly. Because um, at least I think he did uh, for a guy that's played as long as he has and loves playing and is competitive. I think he retired really fast. I don't I, – I think it was all I – I don't want to say show, but, you know, I, I don't think it was legit retirement to begin with.
0: Yeah, he, he retired really fast after the season. You know, there's a lot of rumors going around that him and uh, Bruce Arians, his head coach, didn't really get along well. Is he trying to force a trade to the 49ers? where he grew up as a kid rooting for the team because he lived close to the stadium and he was a big 49ers fan. So I I really don't know. I mean, the guy, I don't know. Somebody said it earlier, the guy's going to have to get put off on a stretcher, honestly. I mean, to take him out, I mean, he may die out there. I mean, he, I mean, he's 45. It blows my mind, but he's still playing at a really high level. I know a lot of people love the guy, you know, he's a lot of people's goats. I mean, he's a great player, but I'm excited to see him back. And, but I don't think the Bucks are going to be any good this year. But that's just my. I don't know.
1: We'll we'll see who all they get. I know they lost. Um, an, I think a, a, an offensive lineman maybe. I know he got the center back, but um, I think they lost a guard possibly. Um, but no, can you do? Can you imagine? So the the guy that the, the last touchdown pass allegedly that he threw, someone bought it for five hundred eighteen thousand dollars, and then a few hours later, Tom Brady's like, I'm back.
0: Yeah, Tom this Brady guy probably just drops that guy
1: something. This guy just drops over a half a million dollars on a ball that's pretty much not worthless, but it sure isn't, you know, worth a, worth what he paid for it. Yeah, Tom Tom definitely needs to send him a check. He's like, hey, bud, sorry about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet I hope that guy's wife really loves him because I know I would be very mad if I just dropped half a million dollars on a football. And then an hour later, it's not worth anything. But we're going to transition to another hot topic over the weekend. Kyrie Irving, if you watch the NBA, you know that he's not vaccinated. And it's a big topic of discussion. Well, in Brooklyn, they won't let him play home games. He can only play on the road. And in Brooklyn, so Sunday they played the Knicks. He bought a ticket to sit courtside. He's unvaccinated, right? Right. They won't let him play on the court. But he can sit courtside without a mask and uh, give high fives to all the players and everything. But yes. the mayor and the city of New York will not let him actually play on the field. What are they trying to do, make a statement or something? I mean, it's
1: – I don't know. I don't want to – this is a sports show. Don't want to get into political debate or or this or that or COVID debate. But I feel like no matter where you sit politically or on the COVID or the vaccine or mass, you have to – I mean, this makes no sense. Like it just you know you can't get out there with the guys and run around and all this stuff, but you can sit amongst the fans and then like you said after the game, oh yeah you can go hug the guys and you know uh, high five them and shake hands and all that stuff, but you just can't play in the game. Um, it I, I don't know. Surely they gotta. <laughs> I would I would think that they've got to change that. Um, I don't know. That's a I don't understand that at all.
0: Yeah, I don't understand. You can't really say that. It's because of people's safety when you're letting the guy come to the arena without a mask and, you know, give people high fives and handshakes, like I said. So, I'm not really sure. Kevin Durant, he called out the mayor saying it's just a stupid rule that he needs to overchange immediately. And, personally, I love basketball, and I'd love to see Kyrie play. So, hopefully, that gets overturned quickly. Absolutely. But a topic we talked about last week, the MLB lockout, it is over.
1: It is over for all you baseball fans for everybody, it's over. So, I think I think they said they're still going to try to have a um, – what is it, 100 and um, – is it 162
0: games? Yeah, that, that's what it normally is. I think they're reducing it. Like, they missed two series. I know opening day got pushed back to April 7th. Yeah, yeah. so –
1: They might not have all the games, but they're – you know, it's back. So, they're still definitely going to have a season. Um, I don't know. I, w- I wish – I should have gotten some details. I don't know what, what exactly they agreed upon, but apparently – both sides felt it was a good deal. Obviously, the fans, like we said last week, are just like, hey, y'all are getting paid millions. Let's just get on with it.
0: Yeah, and a quick nugget for all you baseball fans out there, I know we got a bunch of people that listen that love the Braves. The Braves made a huge trade for Matt Olsen, who's a first baseman. This means that they're going to lose Freddie Freeman, who's been there for a number of years and just brought the team a World Series championship this past year. It it makes no sense to me why they would let Freddie Freeman go. Maybe they couldn't pay him what he wanted. I know he's probably either top two first baseman in the league, and I know he meant a lot to that franchise, and I'm really excited for him wherever he goes. I hope the best for him. He was a great, outstanding citizen and a phenomenal baseball player. So I wish the best for him, and I hope the Braves win it again this year.
1: Yeah, uh, so shout-out to him. I don't know. Maybe
0: it was about the money. Who knows? Yeah, probably so. So we're going to roll into our first topic of the evening. We're going to be talking about the NFL. And starting off the NFL, Deshaun Watson, He uh, this past weekend, he had a bunch of court cases, if you know anything about it. He had 22 women coming against him saying that, I don't know, I don't want to get into the details, but, you know, something sexually happened to them. And, you know, he came to the court case, but they, the court decided that nothing, he's not going to get any charges pressed against him. He still has some civil suits out there. But so this means a bunch of teams are opening up to trade for him because he's not playing with the Texans anymore. So what do you think about these teams trying to trade for him? What do you think the best fit is, and what do you want to see? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think the Panthers, honestly,
1: um, because I, I just don't – and I know we, we were texting back and forth today, and one of the – like a sleeper team was the Falcons. Um, but this latest report that we're seeing is that – Houston has approved. Um, tra- they've approved trade to uh, what, whatever packages that the Browns, Panthers, and the Saints have presented them. So, uh, if this, you know, if this uh, report is true, he could he's, he's either going to go into the Browns, Panthers, or Saints pending his approval because he has a new trade clause. So he has to go. He has to approve it, obviously. Um, so he'll go to one of those three. It's sounding like I don't think the Panthers just because I feel like Saints and Browns have really good defenses. Um, the Saints have, you know, some pr- pretty good skill players. If, if Michael Thomas, you know, who knows if, when he'll be healthy. If he comes back next year, Alvin Kamara is there, obviously. Uh, the Browns have – they just let Jarvis Landry walk, but he might be <laughs> – if Deshaun Watson goes there, he might be calling them up and be like, hey, you all want to take me back? Um They, You know, we'll talk about it here in a minute, but they just traded the Browns for Amari Cooper. So he'll have some weapons. Browns have a great defense. They have some weapons. So I think the Saints or the Browns would probably be, you know, the better, I don't know, want to say fit, but maybe have more chance of uh, success on those two teams.
0: Yeah, I agree with you about the Saints and the Browns. I don't really get why he would even, you know, think about going to the Panthers. I know a lot of people saying he went to college in Clemson and he grew up in Georgia. So, I mean, maybe that. But if he wants to win, to me, it's either the Saints or the Browns. Because the Browns, like you said, we're going to talk about it earlier, they just got Amari Cooper, who's a great receiver. They got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are phenomenal running backs. And then they got one of the top offensive lines, probably the top three offensive line in the NFL with a great yep. defense. I think if you take Baker Mayfield out of that situation and drop Deshaun Watson in, that that team has a chance to be a legit Super Bowl contender. Same with the Saints. The Saints are loaded on defense. I know they lost Sean Payton, so maybe that, you know, that could hurt them a little bit, and he may not want to go there because of, you know, Sean Payton's not there no more. But, you know, I would really love to see him either go to the Saints or the Browns, and I think if he does go there and they don't lose a lot, I think that they could be legit Super Bowl contenders, and I would absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, I think, especially down here, you know, a lot of people are like Saints fans, Um, so I know – a lot of people would love to see him go to the Saints. I'd love to see him go to the Saints. I wouldn't say I'm a Saints fan, but just being here and that they're like the closest NFL team,
0: I'd, I'd like to see that. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, and with that being said, the NFL really started their season on Monday, March 14th, in which that means that these it's a non-tampering, which means teams can sign their free agents. And there's some some huge names that are really going off the board really quick. I know the Patriots lost their cornerback, J.C. Jackson. He yeah. signed with the Chargers to a five-year, $82 million deal, which is a big deal because they also got a trade. The Chargers traded for Khalil Mack from the Bears. So, they're trying to load up their defense, I guess, to deal with the Chiefs and the Broncos who just got Russell Wilson. Yeah, they uh, – uh,
1: I because Khalil Mack was one of the first ones, at least one of the first big names that's, that came out that was um, being traded. Yeah, I mean, shoot. Mack, Joey Bosa. Then you got J.C. Jackson now, uh, Derwin James at safety. Uh, you know, so they were, I mean, they already had a good defense last year. So, they, you know, they're going to be stacked. And of course, you know, number, you, know, you look at it and you say they're going to be stacked, but we could get to the season and it could fall apart. But uh, they're definitely making some moves. That's for sure. I, it wasn't surprising to me that the Patriots didn't um, shell out the money for J.C. Jackson because that just, that's not a. <laughs> Uh, that's not a Patriots thing, really, to do. It seems like they don't, they don't, the people they have, they don't throw out all this money. Typically, you know.
0: Yeah, the Patriots normally don't overpay. When you underpay Tom Brady, that means you're pretty not, you're probably not going to overpay for anybody if you're underpaying the goat. But another guy I want to get your thoughts on is Randy Gregory. So earlier in the day, it was reported that he he signed a five year, seventy million dollar contract with the Dallas Cowboys, and then. About an hour or two later, we started seeing reports come out that he signed the same contract with a different Broncos. I'm thinking, like, what what the heck is going on here? But, you know, going back and doing some little research, apparently there was some language in the Dallas Cowboys contract that he didn't like. I don't know if it was less guaranteed money or I I don't know. Maybe he had to pay. They wanted him to, uh, you know, get some incentives or something. but maybe that he just wanted to go to the Broncos because he had a better chance of winning. So what, are, what are your thoughts on that? It's kind of a weird, really weird situation. You're,
1: you don't really hear much about – because when the report came out that he's, he has signed, you think, you know, obviously, uh, like everybody else, I thought he signed. Like he put his name on the dotted line, signed the contract, and then all of a sudden it comes out that he's signing with the Broncos. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought he just, you know, signed with the Cowboys. How can he just switch it up? So I don't know if it's – when they say he signed, is they just agreed upon stuff, and, yeah, I'll come in in the morning and then sign and make it official or I'll come in in a couple of hours and make it official. Um, so who knows? But like you said, yeah, it had to be been some kind of word or verb. Maybe the Broncos guaranteed more money up front. Maybe the Cowboys was like, if you get to 10 sacks, you get extra half a million dollars. You get this. So who knows? Um, you would think that he would want to stay with the Cowboys – just, I mean, he's been there, he's played there, or maybe he thought a change of scenery was better. I, I would think that uh, being in Texas is better than being, you know, mile-high stadium. They say it's hard to breathe there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got a couple more guys that really want to get your thoughts on. Mitchell Trubisky is signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one kind of shocked me a lot just because I thought that they were going to be in the running for Deshaun Watson. But they signed Mitchell Trubisky and they say he's going to – compete with Mason Rudolph for the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's your thoughts? Uh,
1: they had to have known they wasn't going to get Deshaun or any other good quarterback. So, I mean, I think whether it's Mason or, or Mitchell, um, they it's, he's just a bridge quarterback. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I know uh, there's been some links to Malik Willis in, out of Liberty University. Um, maybe some other quarterbacks, but I don't think this is a, like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that's going to run our franchise and lead us to Super Bowls. I think it's just a bridge thing. They're going to draft a young quarterback. They don't want to rush him, sit him for maybe a year, and then he's going to take the reins next year. So, I don't – you know, it's kind of a whatever. I don't – I think there was, like, a – it was, like, one of those things that, okay, well, we can't get anybody else. There's not any top-notch – free agent quarterbacks there's nobody that we can trade for right now that'll come here so it's just kind of like you know let's just get him and see see what happens
0: yeah that was, I mean it's kind of a weird situation I was kind of hoping thinking maybe they'd go for Jimmy G maybe offer a second round pick to get Jimmy G because they got Najee Harris and they got some weapons and a really good defense and Mike Tomlin who's one of the top coaches never had a losing record in the NFL which is really impressive but Mitchell Trubisky, hey, maybe maybe he went to the Bills, learned behind Josh Allen, and maybe he's better. Well, the last guy I really want to talk about is Christian Kirk. The Jacksonville Jaguars, this is this is insane. They paid him four they had a four year eighty-four million dollar uh deal <laughs> for Christian Kirk. That makes him the third highest paid receiver in the NFL. This cat is not even a top twenty receiver, much less a top three receiver.
1: Yeah, I don't even think he was a he was a third receiver, third or fourth receiver on his own team. Right. I know the other, the, the, one of the receivers in front of him was DeAndre Hopkins, but still. I mean, he's a third or fourth on his the Cardinals, and then he's going to – but, I mean, hey, more power to him. If the Jags want to shell it out, then – but, I don't know. I mean, they're getting Trevor Lawrence some weapons, Christian Kirk. Um, they, they signed uh, – I want to say they also signed Evan Ingram from the Giants to a one-year deal tight end from the Giants, really more of a receiving tight end, really fast tight end. They also signed an offensive lineman, I believe. So they're making some moves on offense
0: to try to support their, their young quarterback, that's for sure. Yeah, maybe they just got the money that they want to blow on Christian Kirk. I don't know. I, I would have tried to maybe split that money up and give it to two different guys. But, hey, they're running the show, not me. And the last thing we're going to talk about with the NFL, a couple of Alabama guys on the move. Amari Cooper headed to the Browns for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick and Mac Wilson headed to the Patriots. Which one of these guys do you think are going to contribute the most for their new teams, and why did they get traded?
1: Uh, well, it's obvious he's going to contribute the most, and that's Amari. Um, you know, he's because he's a proven player. You know, he's proven that he, he can be good in this league as a pro bowler. Um, he got traded because of, of, of money. You know, they did, I think he was owed $20 million, I believe, this year. Uh, they didn't want to have to pay him that, so they, they shipped him off to the Browns. Which I was telling you, know, know, we were texting him when it happened, we was like, Well, that sucks for him, but he has to go to the Browns, absolutely, you know, because OBJ just got out of there because he couldn't get good quarterback play, and now Mamari's gonna have to deal with it if it's Baker Mayfield. Now, if Deshaun Watson goes there, that's a different story. Um, so um, definitely gonna be Amari Cooper. Mac Wilson, I think, can be. You know, I think he had a he had a pretty good rookie year. He just he dealt with some injuries and then other things. Just couldn't put it all together. But you know, maybe a change of scenery. Uh, Bill Belichick always seems a way finds a way to you know get these guys that maybe weren't good on other teams and get them in there, and they do you know really really well. So. The Patriots needed speed at linebacker, needed to get younger, needed to get faster. So they definitely got that with him. And if he can just stay healthy and, you know, kind of work
0: hard and put it together, I think it can
1: – I think it can be like a really, really good pickup and a really good trade for the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I'm happy for Mac Wilson. You know, I, coming out of Alabama, I didn't really think that he, he was going to be a successful NFL player. Well, I was absolutely wrong. The guy, you know, he's making a career for himself, you know, he runs around, he hits, he's really physical. But Amari Cooper to the Browns, you know, I I love Lamar, Amari Cooper. He runs really good routes, and, yep. you know, I, I'm shocked that the Cowboys got rid of him. I thought they would kind of try to, you know, extend his contract and maybe lower the number less than $20 million, But they decided to go in a different route. But I think Amari's going to have a really good job at the Browns. If, you know, they get rid of Baker Mayfield and they bring in Deshaun Watson, that could work miracles for Amari. It could really, you know – accelerate his career, and I think they could go far in the playoffs. So, I'm really happy for both of those guys. They're getting new, new start with different teams and stuff, and that really just rolls us over to our next segment, and we're talking about Alabama. They started their spring football back last Friday, and I love this time of year because it lets us know that, hey, fall's not too far around the corner. That's right. That's right. You know, it's
1: – obviously, I think
0: – well, for me, anyway, My, my the biggest fan
1: uh, or the biggest sport for me is football. Uh, whether it's Alabama football, NFL, just football in general, I love watching it, love reading about it, love talking about it. So uh, it is definitely exciting. It's getting close, getting close. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat with you, man. We uh, we both love football, and we cannot wait until the upcoming football season when we get to break down, you know, the big games coming up, or the Alabama game, or the Auburn game, or anything. We absolutely – we cannot wait for that. But I got a couple comments. Saban said the transfers are looking good, and that's really exciting to hear that the transfers, they looked the part. They brought them in for a reason. And Saban's saying they're looking good. They're looking the part. Oh,
1: yeah, and, you know, you know if, if they can stay healthy um, – because all these guys are proven. That, but that's – you know, usually when you get transfers, um, they're, they're proven guys because they've been in college. Uh, Eli Ricks. Obviously, before he got injured, he had a fantastic freshman season, was injured his sophomore year. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, just an all-around back can run and catch it and return kicks, all that stuff. And then Jermaine Burton, who suffered some injuries at, at Georgia, but still when he's on the field, can be an electric receiver, can be a deep ball threat. So I'm excited for all these guys, to be honest. I'm I'm really, really pumped to see – what they can bring uh, to the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we got a couple of injuries. Ja'Cory Brooks, the guy who made that last second touchdown to send it into overtime in the Iron Bowl, the freshman, he'll be out for the spring along with Darian Dalcourt, the offensive lineman, who was a starting center during the first part of the year last year. They're going to both be out for the center. And I hate it for Ja'Cory Brooks because I think this this spring could have really, you know, set him apart as that alpha dog at the receiver position next year, because that is a position of need next year that we're going to need guys to step up because we're losing so much and, you know, bringing in uh, Jermaine Burton, the transfer, and then you got Jacory Brooks, you know, him being out that really hurts, but I got some guys that I think the most, the, the best position group I'm watching this spring and I'm excited to see grow is that receiver position because there's, you got guys like a Hall, right. And Jermaine Burton and a guy that I think, you know, he played a little bit last year and then, and he didn't step up like I thought he would, but I think this year he's going to have a monster year, and that is JoJo Earl, the slot corner. I think he's going to start, and I think, you know, a lot of people compared him to Waddle. And Honestly, that's not a fair comparison because Waddle is like once-in-a-generation type of ability. The guy's explosive and everything. But I think JoJo Earl is going to have a huge, you know, step forward and huge season this year. You know, what position group do you think is going to, you know, step up and you're excited to see develop in the spring? Uh, kind of the same, I mean, the the receivers,
1: receivers an offensive line. Uh, going back to injuries, you know, like you said, it, it's, it sucks for Corey Brooks because he's going to get behind the eight ball and all these other guys are going to be, you know, right. kind of working hard. And he's sitting there having the watch. and then Dalcourt. You know, he, he started last year up until the end of the year when he got hurt. So you kind of know what you're getting, but you still want him in there getting reps and, um, uh, you know, building chemistry with the other guys that are going to be, going to be playing, but yeah, the receiver group, because I mean, you lose your top three receivers and then a reserve receiver, Javon Baker, which he didn't play much, but that's still four guys that are gone. So they have the talent, uh, you know, uh, Jai Hall, I'm, I'm excited. I really hope he takes a huge step in the off season and, and cause I mean, he's, he's ridiculously talented. So we hope, hopefully he can just translate that to the field. Uh, Jojo Earl, like you said, really, He'll be, I think he'll be a fantastic slot guy, just really quick, fast. Um, so I'm excited to see him. Some of the new receivers coming in, uh, Jermaine Burton, but even some maybe younger guys, freshmen. Um, hopefully even Trayshawn Holden will step up. You know, he, He's not the fastest guy, not the quickest guy, but he's been there a while. He should know what he's doing, know his assignments, and go out there and make plays.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the O line and the receivers. You know, a bunch of O linemen I want to see step up is uh, JC Latham. I think he's going to be a starting tackle this year. And then Cohen, you know, Cohen's a beast. I, and he made a lot of mistakes last year. He whiffed a lot and stuff. But I think, you know, a good spring for him will go a long way. And then I'm excited seeing the defense come together in that secondary with Eli Ricks coming in. And I want to see who who solidifies herself as opposite of Eli Ricks. Is that Kool Aid McKinstry or is that. Uh, jackson you know that's something that i want to look at and I'm, I'm really excited about and you got anything else on the spring before we go to our next uh, no
1: position group but we, i forgot to mention this but who i'm really hoping comes together as the linebacker group not really the group as a whole because you know you got will anderson back you know what you're getting from him dallas turner back you know what you get from him henry Toa. he started last year you know what you get from him but it's the guy opposite of Toe, whether it's Jalen Moody, Deontay Lawson, I I hope that Jalen Moody really takes a hold of that position and runs with it. Just because, I really, I mean, I have a soft spot for guys that stick it out and are there for a while and really work hard. So I'm really, really hoping, kind of like Brian Robertson last year. A lot of people thought. Chase McClellan some of these other guys would kind of take the job away from him throughout the year, but they didn't. He held on to it. I'm really hoping Moody does the same and can just really contribute and and help lead this team, help lead the defense.
0: Yeah, no, those are phenomenal points. And I think that position is huge. You know, that's, that's going to be the whole Christian Harris is leaving behind. And I'm excited to see who fills it up. You know, you know, I'm with you. I hope it is Jalen Moody, but I really think it's going to be Deontay Lawson, a local kid here from Mobile Christian. You know, I would also love to see him because I love to see local guys do great. Or maybe the kid from Theodore that my brother and your brother play with, uh, Kennedy. Des yeah, Des Moines Kennedy. Yes. I mean, the guys, when I see him on kickoff, he's just flying around looking to blow somebody up. And I absolutely love yeah. that at linebacker position. I hope. Um, I actually I heard a report. I was listening to the radio and they were talking about
1: um there's a chance they could be working him out at safety oh man that was, wow i mean that he would be and now, i mean he's got the speed absolutely he would be i mean what, a 6'3", 6'4, a 220 to 230 pounds safety he would absolutely obliterate people um so i mean who knows that's that's that would be def, definitely be interesting so we'll see uh um, I mean Saban you know Saban's moved guys around before and it's definitely
0: seemed to work out so we'll see well wow, I would love to see that I hope they change the targeting rule before they do switch him to Saban you know. because he would probably be ejected out of quite a few games because he loves to absolutely explode people and we're going to go to our last well our third topic of the day is Alabama basketball the dumpster fire that is Alabama basketball but if you're still listening Please continue to listen because me and Steve are going to go over our March Madness brackets. It's Tuesday night, and March Madness starts in you know less than 48 hours, so be sure to listen to that. But first, we're going to hit on the embarrassment, the absolute just – you can't put into words how embarrassing it is that Bama got bounced in the first round, well, the first time they played in the SEC tournament to a Vanderbilt team that was a what, – what were they, 11th seed? I
1: believe so. It's oh my gosh, dude! I, it's it's so. I almost don't even want to talk about it because I mean, we honestly we're going to say the same stuff we've said the whole every, all other three episodes. Uh, it's the same. It's the same thing. Like they just can't. They turn the ball over too much. There's lack of leadership. Lack of you know. It's just. It's so frustrating because it's it's, it's the same thing. It's like what what is so hard. To, to figure out it's not so and, and honestly they i thought they started off the game pretty good first Vandy i thought the intensity was there um i thought you know maybe they weren't playing like as far as offensively great but as far as intensity i was loving it um they were playing hard they were getting after it playing right up in your face defense
0: and then they just didn't continue it throughout the whole game yeah, like you said, when we, when they when the game started, we were texting back and forth, and uh, we had a you know a group text going back and forth. And we were all like, "Oh yeah, man, they're gonna dog walk Vanderbilt because they got off to a tremendous lead. They had a double lead, digit lead, and then it's like you said, they just keep doing these boneheaded things that they've been doing all year. They turn the ball over constantly, and I got some stats here. They were eight for thirty four on three point shots. Right, that's twenty three and a half percent." Why are you shooting so many three-point shots if you cannot make them? And then even worse than that, this is this is terrible. They were 20 for 34 from the free throw line. 58.8%. Well, that just says it all right there. You can't you cannot win basketball games shooting like that from the free throw line. And from the three point line, and then having 18 turnovers is you. I don't care what kind of defense Nate Oates thinks he has out there, you're not winning basketball games with that kind of performance.
1: Yeah, they and you had some of those same stats, you know, they up 30, attempt 34 threes, make eight of them, uh, and like 14 free throws missed. I mean, it's called free throws, they call it the charity stripe for a reason, it's free points. And you miss, so you leave four. You lose by six, and you leave fourteen points off the board. Not to mention they turn the ball over eighteen again. Say it every single week. It seems like it's either around eighteen or twenty, something like that. They turn the ball over eighteen times in their last four games. I don't know if you, they mentioned this stat during the game. The last four games, opponents have scored 94 points off of turnovers. And this was in the Vandy game. So, before the Vandy game, the four games, opponents have scored 94 points off of turnovers. That's 94 points.
0: That's ridiculous. Yeah, you're not – like. I mean, we can just say it till we're blue in the face. I know we've said it in our first three podcasts, and we're going to continue to say it until this season is over. You cannot win games turning the ball over. And there's another thing I want to point out. I don't really have the stat down. But just watching the game, if you watch the games or you you listen to them or whatever, however you follow them, they foul more than – I don't know. They probably foul more than any team in the country. I mean, it's like part of me is thinking, are these guys actually – do they know the rules of basketball? Do they know when a guy's driving, you know, you can't just jump in front of them or you can't grab them? I mean, Javon Quinterly fouled out. You know, J.D. Davison, he's always fouling. Rojas, don't get me started on Rojas. You know, and I, I feel bad for the guy because he's got a big knee brace on. He's out there battling. But he's just – he's not quick side to side. So, when they blow by him, he just fouls them every time. And Betty Ako fouls, and it's ridiculous. And the guy that I normally rag on, J.D. Davidson, I think he had a—he had an okay game. You know, he didn't play terrible. But it, I, if I was Nate Oates, I don't know what I would do. But yeah, I, I, you'd have to change the way you play. So, something's got
1: to give whether, and, you know, we, we've been given Quinterly all this praise. Um, so we got to get, now he didn't have, I would say a horrible game, but he had some costly turnovers that weren't even forced that he just was, you know, just trying to be cute with the ball, lost the handle on it, turned it over. They got scored. So, you know, he had, I think he had, I want to say six turnovers just himself in the game. Yeah. I, I, um, he didn't have a he didn't have a great game but really as a whole they did yes yeah, so, something's got to give you know they that you're not gonna <laughs> they're not going to advance in the tournament if if um, if they keep doing that you know we obviously the tournament's still up, coming up but I, I think this season has been a, a disappointment not because of you know most people if you don't know alabama's record or you haven't kept up with them you look at it and be like man they've made the tournament they're a sixth seed how's that a disappointing season i said well look at the teams they've beat and look at the teams they lost to watch the games and you'll see why it's been a disappointing season
0: yeah i mean we can say it blue in the face they beat baylor who i got the bracket right in front of me they beat baylor yep. who's the number one seed they beat gonzaga who's the number one seed They beat Tennessee, who's the number three seed, who I think just won the SEC tournament, by the way. And they beat Arkansas, who's the number four seed, you know, in the tournament that they beat. You know, but, I mean, we could just sit here all night talking about Alabama basketball. But you did say they are in the tournament, you know, and they're playing Friday. They're the sixth seed, and they're going to take on, let's see, they're going to take on either the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame tomorrow. And, honestly, just starting right there, they got screwed because, you know, Rutgers and Notre Dame, they're going to get – be able to play in that arena and get what it feels like to shoot on them rims. So they get an advantage right there. And, I mean, I would be – honestly, I'm jumping jumping ahead a little bit. I think Bama is going to win that game in my bracket. Maybe I'm just, you know, not going with my heart and not my head. But I think Bama is going to win. But I I really hope that Rutgers wins that game because I don't want them to play Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, they – I don't know, to be honest. I have them losing in the first round, no matter who they play, <laughs> just because they have not shown me consistently that they can put it together. I mean, were they in the season on a four- or five-game losing streak, I want to say it was?
0: Yeah, it's something embarrassing I mean, it, like it that. Wasn't
1: <laughs> to, it wasn't to, you know, great teams. Now, Texas a and they were a hot team. They were one of the hottest teams. So, them, LSU, they, but, but even in every single game, they had every opportunity to win. And they just gave it away. So, I, I don't – I, I want to be hopeful, but I honestly, I don't I don't see it. I have them losing. Now, obviously, I hope they win and, and go as far as they can, but it's not going to surprise me at all if they lose in the first round because in my bracket – now, I've done multiple online, but as far as the one I'm looking at that I've written on, I have them losing in the first round to Notre Dame, actually.
0: Yeah, well – the only reason I have them going past the first round is because honestly, every time I've like thought to myself, like, well, this team's terrible. They're not doing anything. They win. <coughs> so that's honestly the only reason, like I said, I'm really just going with my heart and not my head, because if I was going with my head, like you said, I'd probably go with Notre Dame or Rutgers, whoever wins that game, but I have them advancing and that's just going to roll into our last topic. Like I said, we're going to talk about March Madness and, you know, this is a really exciting time. If you love basketball, even if you don't love basketball, I got a bracket going with my, you know, with my siblings and my wife's side siblings. We're all doing a bracket. I know I got a bracket going with, you know, a bunch of my cousins, Marquell, John, and a bunch of different people. And this is just a really exciting time where, you know, anything can happen. Like I said, that, that's why it's got the name March Madness. So, you know, who's some teams that really you're excited about and some teams maybe you're not excited about? Excited
1: about I, and I hate saying some of these teams because I'm an Alabama fan. Um, but I I think I think Tennessee is going to have a great run. They they've looked really, especially toward the end of the season. You mentioned they won the SEC tournament, but even before then, they were playing really good ball. Uh, gosh, I hate saying them, but Auburn. I feel like if they can get their guard play playing well they can they can go go really far so you know um gonzaga they're yeah they're going to be hard obviously texas tech i think they're a three seed um they could they could cause you know some problems for people let's see who i'm looking at i'm trying to look over my bracket really quick here um I mean, some of the SEC teams can. Do, Kentucky can, you know. We'll see how they do. Arkansas, Arkansas ended the season. I think on a, they didn't win the tournament, but they 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 played really well. So they can they can mess up some people's brackets. I feel like so. There's a lot. A lot I mean, a lot of teams. I feel like that. There's not just an overwhelming favor. Like I feel like a few years back when Zion Williamson was at Duke, um, and I think that were they losing the first or second round, something like that. Um, yeah Uh, they that yeah i don't think there's a team like them this year that people are like oh yeah they're definitely gonna make it all the way to the championship and probably win it so i just don't i feel like there's a lot of teams that it could be so
0: that's why they call it march madness we'll see what happens yeah and if if you're listening and you don't have your bracket field just get it out and get it ready because i think i'm about to drop some knowledge and guess what if i don't know what i'm talking about then I hope you don't put any money on it because I'm not an expert or anything. But a couple of my favorites, I got Gonzaga. You know, Kentucky. Gonzaga is the number one overall one seed. I think they're going to do really well. Kentucky, I love Kentucky. They got a really good big man. who's probably going to win the Player of the Year, and they got really good guard play and some good shooters. Uh, Kansas. Kansas has been solid all year. They're another number one seed. I think it's going to do well. And then I got, let's see, Arizona. That's who I think who my wife is going to pick to win it all. I don't know. Maybe I think I oversaw, looked over her shoulder and saw her feel out of her bracket. I think that's who she's got. So I think they're a favorite. But I also got some busts here. And after I tell you mine, I want to know if you got anybody that's going to bust. And then we're going to go over who you think we're going to be some sleepers. And then we're going to give our final four predictions. But I got some busts right here. I honestly think Duke is going to bust. They have really, towards the end of the year, they've really fallen off. They got blasted by Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. And then I know Coach K's last game playing North Carolina, they got destroyed. So, I think Duke is going to – uh, I think they're going to bust. So, I don't have them going very far. I have them getting beat in the Sweet 16. Villanova, who's a number two seed, I don't see them going far. I, I don't think they're the normal Vill- Villanova that, you know, that won the national championship a couple years ago. I think that they're overrated, as well as Auburn. And, you know, before all these people say, oh, you're a hater and everything, I have a good reason because – Auburn's guard play has been so inconsistent towards the end of the year. I saw they got beat by Texas A&M, who I think Texas A&M got screwed and didn't get put in the tournament. But that's a different different subject. Yeah. But Auburn's guard play, that, their guard, Johnson, who is built like an absolute linebacker, he went 0 for 11 from the field. Something crazy like that shooting. And if their guard play is not consistent, now I think they got probably one of the number one players in the country in Jabari Smith. And if they feed him and Kessler – I think they can make a deep run, but I think they're going to bust because the guard play is so inconsistent. Another one's Baylor. Baylor, I think, has been a little overrated all year. I think they're kind of going off of last year. A lot of people, a lot of people voting are going off of last year what they see, and so I think Baylor's a little overrated. You know who's who are some teams that you think are overrated and that could really bust these brackets and that's a high seed that could really you think could be knocked out very soon.
1: Uh, well, a couple of them are kind of like you. Villanova, I'd say, like you said, I don't think they are you know, the same Villanova as they've been in the past. Uh, and It's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because I just said Auburn could make some noise, which they can, if they get the guard play. Um So that's what I was saying. They can make noise if they get the guard play. But, and again, people might say, oh, it's because I'm an Alabama fan, I'm picking against them. I don't think they will get the guard play. I think Auburn, I'm not going to say, you know, First round that Jacksonville State's going to beat them, but I don't know. I don't know if they'll make it to the Sweet 16. So, uh, which is funny because when we go over my bracket, I'm making it further than that just because that just would be as us as Alabama fans, you know.
0: That would be something that Auburn puts it together right when we don't want them to. <laughs> so <laughs> Right. And I have Auburn losing in the Sweet Sixteen to Wisconsin. By the way, my my well future brother in law, they're getting married in a month. David Reinhardt, he's a he's from Wisconsin. I think he's gonna have Wisconsin going pretty far. And Wisconsin's got a top player in the country, Johnny Davis, who's an absolute beast. And so I got a couple sleepers that I'm gonna ask you who your sleepers are. I got a sleeper, Arkansas, they're the four seed. You know, these guys, they're pretty good. They've beaten a lot of, you know, big-time competition during the year. I think they're very good. Houston, who's a fifth seed. Bama beat them, by the way, but trust me, they're going to get destroyed in the tournament. Houston, I think, could be a sleeper and can go pretty deep. Uh, Purdue, Purdue's got another really good player. He's a point guard, I think. And some people are comparing him to Russell Westbrook, you know, earlier in his NBA career. Not now because he's terrible. And then Wisconsin, like I said, uh, I have Wisconsin going to the Elite Eight. I think they got a really good kid in a uh, Davis kid who's a point guard. He's averaging a little over 20, 20 a game. i got them, and they're Wisconsin's a three seed, Purdue's a three seed, Houston's a fifth seed, and Arkansas's a four seed. So I, I guess those really aren't your typical, you know, 12 seeds or anything. But I, I don't really see any 12 seeds or, you know, crazy double-digit seeds going really far, you know, this year. I, I just don't. I can't see it right <laughs> now. Yeah, they
1: and, and uh, well, it seems like we're looking at the same notes because some of them, your, your sleepers are the same as mine. You know, Arkansas, I don't know what I mean. I don't, some of these, I don't know if I consider them sleepers because they're pretty high seeds. Arkansas, uh, you know, we mentioned Tennessee's been on a tear, they've been really hot. Um, Memphis, you know, Alabama played them earlier in the year, and at the time, Memphis wasn't that great, but they've seemed to put that put together, you know, um. At some it seemed like that Alabama game they kind of you know figured some things out almost. Uh, now they're in the same if they when they win the first round if they they have to play more than likely Gonzaga so I don't, mm-hmm. yeah that'd be a hard a hard one for them but um, we'll see you know like I mentioned Texas Tech uh, so I got to go with Loyola Chicago they're a tenth seed playing Ohio State so I think they you know. Very well could beat Ohio State. And then if they make it to the next round, they'd play either Villanova or Delaware. More than likely Villanova. Um, they could beat them too. So, you know, I think if I had to pick a sleeper, I gotta go with Loyola, Chicago. Out of I don't even, out of Chicago, obviously.
0: <laughs> Didn't they make a run a couple of years ago when they had that yeah. like that old
1: Yeah, they had the the old player. lady who was like goes to all their games or something like that. I forget her name, but yeah, yeah, that was the team.
0: Yeah, well, wow, that's crazy. That's a that's a you know sneaky good pick. And I've heard a lot of people pick that Memphis, which you said, but I just don't see them beating Gonzaga, which I've ha- I have seen a lot of people pick them to beat Gonzaga, which I don't really see happening. And so I'm going to go over my bra- – I- I'm not going to hit on all these games. I'm just going to hit these first-round upsets. Like I said, if you haven't picked or you have, go back and switch these because I think they could really help you. I got Iowa State upsetting, let's see – LSU, you know LSU. Sorry, Matt, if you're listening, uh, LSU just fired their coach. Uh, I forget his name. I'm drawing blank. Uh, Will Will is it Will Wade? Yeah, Will. Will Wade. They just fired his coach for. They just fired their coach for you know because LSU's getting punished for these NCAA violations. The Iowa State, I think they could beat them. They're an 11 seed. And then I got over here. Let's see. I got Saint Mary's losing to the winner of Wyoming and in Indiana. I hope it's Indiana because I think they can upset St. Mary's. So that's two, right? That's a 12 beating a five, and that's an 11 beating a six. Do you have any crazy upsets in round one? I think that's the only one I can see. I got Davidson beating Michigan State. That's a 10 over a seven. That's not really that crazy.
1: Yeah, I have Davidson also. I have, to me, it wouldn't be an upset. I don't know if it would be to you, either Notre Dame or Rutgers beating Alabama. It would be an upset based on the seating. Yeah, that's but to it. Me, to me, it wouldn't really be an upset, just, you know obviously knowing how Alabama plays. Um, let's see, I'm trying to look through, I don't know if I have, I have Virginia Tech beating Texas. That's another 11 seed beating, um, a six seed. So, but I don't have any crazy, crazy, like, you know, a, a 12 beating, you know, a, their team or a 16 seed beating a one seed. So, um, uh, I mean, it'd be exciting if it happened because it doesn't happen very often, but I don't – I just don't see it happening this year. But, obviously, that said every year, and it typically seems as always
0: somebody gets upset. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this March Madness. Like I said, starting this Thursday, March Madness kicks off. So, really fill out your bracket. So, right now we're going to go over our uh, – do you want to go over the Elite Eight or do you want to go over the Final Four? Yeah, let's. I guess we can start in the Elite Eight. More. Okay, let's start the Elite Eight. Right now – In the – I think it's the south bracket. I got Gonzaga and Texas Tech. So, I got Texas Tech upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16. Like I said, I think Duke is going to be a bust. So, I got Gonzaga and Texas Tech. And then in the bracket below, I got Baylor and Kentucky, which I think is going to be a phenomenal game. Note, I think that Baylor very well could get upset against UCLA in the Sweet 16. Or I think Baylor could get upset in the round of 32 in the second round against North Carolina watch that because i'm telling you i think they could get upset and then i got i got kansas in the midwest bracket in the midwest bracket i got uh kansas and wisconsin like i said i got wisconsin beating auburn in the sweet 16 and then in the in the south bracket i got arizona in tennessee i got tennessee upset in arizona i mean i got tennessee upset in villanova and then i got arizona beating houston like i said i think houston could very well upset Arizona. But right now in this bracket I'm looking at, I got Arizona and Tennessee right there in the Elite Eight. Yes, yeah, so
1: mine I'm going to have
0: Gonzaga and
1: actually Duke. Um, and I'll talk more on Duke in a minute why I think they have a chance to, to go far, even though they they've look kind of rough toward the end of the season. Uh, my next two are Baylor and Purdue. Then I got Arizona, Tennessee. Again, Tennessee has been on a tear. They look great. And then I have Kansas and Auburn making it as the last two teams in the Elite Eight.
0: Ooh, Kansas and Auburn. All. all right. And we're going to, we're about to be done. We're going to go over our final four real quick. I'm telling you, get a pen, write them down, put some money on it. Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. Put some money on it. Okay. I got Gonzaga and Kentucky on one side. Then I got Tennessee in Kansas. I got Tennessee upset number one seed Arizona. I got Kentucky upset number one Bay, uh, Baylor. And I got Kansas beating Wisconsin. And then in the championship, I have the Tennessee Volunteers beating Gonzaga 72 to 68. And that hurts me to say. I know everybody's saying, man, you're an Alabama fan. I know. But I I love Tennessee. March Madness normally comes down to who's the hottest. And if you go listen to the episode last week, I said that Tennessee was going to win the SEC tournament because I said they were hot. They end up winning the SEC tournament because they're absolutely on fire right now. And I think their, their bracket shakes up pretty well for them because, like I said, I think Villanova is not as good as people think they are. And then they would have to beat Arizona, which I think they will. So, I got Tennessee winning it all. What do you got?
1: I have my final four is Tennessee and Auburn, believe it or not, because I think we talked about their guard play. And it's funny, I picked them as a team that can go far and I picked them as a team that could bust. Um, I think their guard play gets to the point where it's good enough. But I think Jamari Smith, excuse me, Smith, we talked about one of the best players, if not the best player in the country. A big man. I think he's like 6'10 or something like that. He can shoot, he can play down low. Can do a lot of good things, and then the you know it was named Kessler, the the center, the seven foot big man. Yeah, Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler. I think they kind of put the the game on their shoulders, and these other guys, you know, get um, involved enough. To and I, and I hate saying it, obviously being an Alabama fan, but. I think they found a way to get to the, the final four. And then on the other side, I have Baylor as the one seed. And I actually have Duke going to the final four. And then I'll get to Duke in a second because I have them beating Baylor, getting to the championship. I have Tennessee beating Auburn. The reason I'm picking Duke is because, it's you know, I don't – obviously Coach K is not out there playing, but I don't see him – I don't know, this is last hoorah. His last March Madness, his last season, I just feel like he's going to – they've got to bring it for him, you know. They they can't just – got to play harder than they have. They they didn't end the season well. Like you said, they got whooped by Virginia Tech. So, I think, you know, they're going to regroup, put some things together, and, you know – Coach K is going to coach like he's never coached before. He's going to, you know, um, motivate these guys. These guys, I mean, for one, it's March Madness. What more motivation do you need? And on top of that, you have one of the greatest coaches ever. This is last season, so you want to send him out on a high note. But I do not have them sending him out on a high note because I have, like you, Tennessee beating Duke 75 to 73 just because – you know, like you already said, it's the hot teams that that come into the tournament that always make the noise. Tennessee has been really hot. They're they're really a really good team. Won the SEC tournament, so um, I think I think Tennessee goes all the way.
0: That's pretty funny. We didn't even talk about that. Well, we just talked about that before. You know, we started recording about. We both picked Tennessee. We didn't know either one of us was going to go with them. And But I'm going to say the reason I don't have Duke is because I think that that pressure could work the opposite way if you think it's going to work. I think the pressure could end up getting to those freshmen and they could be like, oh, man, it's Coach K. You know, it's his last hurrah. You know, I, they're going to like, oh, and I think they're going to get nervous and I think they're going to lose. And, I mean, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, Listen listen next week because next week we're going to come on here and we're going to talk about our brackets because it's going to be down to the Sweet Sixteen when we record again, and we're going to sound how look how stupid we sound when we're going over and see how yeah. wrong our predictions <laughs> or are. I'm sure how genius saying. we sound. Or, oh, there you go. Or how genius we sound. I'm sure all of my Final Four picks will probably probably lose. You know, knowing how my luck is, they'll probably all lose. But uh, you got any last thoughts, Stephen?
1: No. I look. You can you go on ESPN. I think you can fill out like 25 brackets. So just do a bunch of different brackets that all have different teams winning so that, you know, you at least have good odds
0: of having a good bracket. Yeah. Like you said, go to ESPN, fill out 25 different brackets with a chance to win a hundred thousand, a hundred K, a hundred K. And if you win, don't forget us. Cause we told you about it. That's right. Hey, if you win and you did my bracket, Hey, just, you know, you can give me a thousand dollars. Just give me a pound on the back. A nice little handshake, you know, but yeah, go do that. Go win a hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, well, that's about it for today. And we really appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, uh, we hope you got something out of this. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our page and everything, and uh, email us at uh, Timoth's Corner Sports Talk at gmail.com. Email us with your questions, your thoughts emails we want to hear from you we want to hear who you got in the final four these upsets you got in the bracket let us know like i said you can text me or steven or message us on facebook or instagram or any other way you know how to contact us and uh, we really thank everybody for listening and everybody have a good week